This is Women Behind Wool, a podcast introducing you to the female face of the Australian wool industry. And our guest today is a lady by the name of Joanne Howarth. With no previous knowledge or involvement with the Australian wool industry, she is creating a product that is completely innovative. Yeah, this is one of the most innovative stories to come out of the wool industry at the moment, I think. Joanne Howarth has invented a product called Wool Pack, which essentially is um, insulation made from recycled wool and wool offcuts, um, which can replace polystyrene um, containers, which is great for the environment. It's great for the wool industry because it uses waste wool. And it's just such an innovative, progressive story. What really caught my eye about this story was, I think I came across Joanne Howarth a year or two ago with her um, when when she was heralded by the Cartier Women's Initiative and that I had never uh, seen nor even thought about wool being used in this way and she is completely using wool in the in a way that it can be used in that it's fully biodegradable and it's sustainably produced and she's using a waste product as well and I love that and that's what we are in, so interested in in here with women behind wool is people that are doing innovative things thinking outside the square and I also love the fact that she doesn't know the industry she hasn't been involved with it before and she's come across this this fiber and this product that can completely work in this way and she's running with it that's right she's chosen wool purely based on its its merits and its credentials rather than um you know coming from a a, an emotional um, point of view from involvement with the industry um, and that means that um, she's got a product that will last, that will stand the test of time, and it just happens to be something that also helps Australian farmers. It really feels like a product like Joanne has invented. This could be a game changer, you know. I feel like in 10 years' time um, we will see this product everywhere and it's um, really special to be able to tell Joanne's story and introduce her to everyone because I'm pretty sure she's going to be a household name. I'm Joanne Howarth. I'm the founder and CEO of Planet Protector Packaging. We manufacture wool pack. I live in Sydney, um, in Sydney's eastern suburbs. I'm really, really looking forward to learning more, Joanne, about all that your startup business is doing. But before we get there, this is a podcast about wool, and I'm really interested to know... Have you ever had anything to do with wool prior to this? That's what's the most amazing thing, I think, Sky, is I'm a newcomer to the wool industry to the extent that I've only been involved for five years. I'm a city girl and I haven't had a lot to do um, with sheep and wool and, and country life over the years. Um, my background is in primarily in food and um, it's really a major change of direction. For me, as an ignorant person, I thought wool was on sheep 
And I really never stopped to think about the different breeds of sheep, the different types of fibres, the microns. And I never really thought about what wool did. And so it's been a very inspirational journey. And I'm just blown away by how remarkable a fibre it really is. Oh, we so agree. And that's why it is, it's so interesting to talk with you and also so exciting that someone that's had no idea about this fibre has really fallen in love with it just by realising how brilliant it is. Many of us come to wool from a family family background or we're tied to it in an emotional sense and it, that's what entices us to your story, Joanne. So perhaps if you could start by telling me a little bit about um, your your business, Planet Protector Packaging, and what it's all about. And then we'll talk about how wool came on your radar. So um, I guess the idea of the business um, was born six years ago when I had um, a big food service logistics operation in Western Sydney. So we were contracted to pick and pack and distribute um, the meal kits for Australia's largest online meal kit delivery service. Um, It was very new at that stage. So the concept of a meal kit was a very innovative and disruptive way of eating. And it brought about a lot of interest. And whereas Australia had been slow to pick up um, in terms of online e-commerce sales of food, um, you know, it had grown very strongly in other sectors, but food was the last sector to really come online. And I could see um, that we were receiving all of the produce, the meat, the seafood, the broccoli, everything in polystyrene boxes. And then we would receive more polystyrene boxes in which to pick and pack the meal kits and we would distribute them all around Australia. So as the business grew, like we started when they were packing only 400 boxes a week, but as they scaled up and grew, and they grew very rapidly, we got to a point that we were packing 35,000 polystyrene boxes every week. Now, I'm sure that I don't need to share with you how bad polystyrene is for the planet and the oceans. And really, I've always been a very passionate greenie in seeing that I was feeling like I was almost single-handedly destroying the planet. I was really compelled to find another solution. And I guess that was the trigger for me to really look. I saw the opportunities in e-commerce. This was the first time that households and consumers were receiving polystyrene boxes because they'd normally been B2B, you know, it didn't impact consumers. And after six weeks of subscribing to this meal service, um, they'd have six or eight boxes kicking around their backyard and no way to dispose of them. So I was on the receiving end of many abusive phone calls demanding that I come back and collect these boxes. And it was that was the the inspiration to look for something natural. In your quest to find something natural, what other fibres and avenues were you led down before you came across wool? Look, I knew that there had to be a sustainable alternative to plastic. I didn't know what that was at that stage. Um, I wanted it to be a natural fibre because I think 
the world is moving. We all know how, how the world is moving away from problematic plastics. And um, so I looked at things like cotton gin trash, coconut fibre, uh, wool, like a multitude of other waste-type products. And that's probably um, in, in looking and, you know, doing research probably over 18 months I was inspired by some work that had been done in the 80s in Germany that had looked at, um, you know, essentially the thermal properties of wool. And it was that that really inspired me to do a lot more research around wool. And I was on a mission to sort of mimic nature. I like to call wool nature's smart fibre. And just as it keeps the sheep warm in winter, it keeps them cool in summer. And I thought that if I could replicate that um, in a way that's a sustainable alternative to EPS, that we would be on a winner. And um, in hindsight, like I said, it was a very steep learning curve, Sky. I had to learn about all the different microns and blends and and everything. And it took a a fair amount of time till we could get our proprietary blend right and learning all of those things that put together that we could develop a solution that would outperform polystyrene. And that's what Woolpack does. It's amazing. Yes. Tell me about it for people that um, have no experience of wool. Tell me about what the packaging does and how it works naturally. Well, polystyrene or EPS has been the go-to benchmark, if you like, since 1954 when it was invented. And, um, you know, nobody ever questions when they put seafood or something that needs insulation inside a poly box, they don't ever question that it would deliver the thermal performance. So um, for us to get a product that could thermally outperform polystyrene, that was amazing. Um, But but the situation is, and and it still is to some extent, that when people have used EPS for 60 or 70 years and there's been a lot of imposter products have been, um, you know, come out in the market in, in the interim and they don't perform, Um, Sometimes potential customers are reticent. Uh, There's a lot of inertia and resistance to change. And so we need to demonstrate. And we do this. We have environmental testing chambers. We conduct temperature trials. We simulate, um, you know, supply chain conditions. And we prove to our clients that the wool can outperform polystyrene. And um, that's something, you know, I see our role as very educational as well. When you're looking to change something that's been around for 70 years, you need to do a lot of talking and a lot of convincing. But um, I'm pleased to say that every day that passes, we're gaining really good traction. And the fact is that Australia is very much a sheep country. You know, like we love wool as a nation. We got wealthy off the wool on the sheep's back. We have a great affinity with wool. And I have to say that in the four years that we've been in business, I have never once met a client that does not love our product. You know, we take samples, they feel it, it's textile, it's a great story. Like one of the things I'm most proud of, Sky, is the fact that we've made our product really out of a waste stream. 
because we're not using all the fine, really good quality wool. It's more the, the coarse, medulated fibres. They're the ones that work best for us. So it's giving an opportunity for crossbred wool um, to increase the demand for crossbred wool as well. So could you just explain for the audience how the packaging works in an insulation sense in a very simple way? Okay, well, essentially what we do is we create two interlocking liners that sit inside a cardboard box. So as we all know, cardboard is very recyclable through the regular channels. And so with these, we scour the wool. There's no toxic additives. Um, We felt it thereafter. And once it's cut to size to fit the two boxes. So effectively, the two liners cover all of the internal walls of the box. The only other step that's involved is we encase the two liners inside a food grade or pharmaceutical grade film. Now, at the moment, we offer a choice of either a recyclable film or a compostable film. So for the recyclable film, it's necessary to separate that Um, from the wool for its end of life. The wool, you know, returns valuable nutrients to the soil. It's biodegradable, it's compostable, all of those things. Whereas the recyclable liner needs to be recycled through the red cycle soft plastics. Um, For the compostable, the whole solution is compostable. And so what kind of things would you like to see this packaging used for? What kind of food? We have amazing clients um, across so many broad... um, Primarily, we operate in the food, the seafood and the pharmaceutical sectors, and we ship everything from meat, dairy, seafood. Seafood is a very big one. Um, It's got its own particular challenges, like particularly around the export of live lobsters, um, and um, so we work with different industries. So we've got the meat, the seafood, the dairy, fermented foods, chocolates, um, so many different foods and, and products. And then we, in the pharmaceutical space, we have a lot of animal health companies doing, you know, we have vaccines, drugs, um, chemotherapy is a big one, IVF, nutraceuticals, probiotics, cosmeceuticals. It's really amazing. So anything really that needs temperature stability in transit. And some of those products that I've just listed are very premium solutions. Like if you're shipping a $6,000 pouch of chemotherapy, um, you can't afford for it to be lost um, or compromised in transit because of spikes in the supply chain. So it's very important important and wool as you know maintains temperature stability and it's enabled so many of these customers to open to grow their businesses open new delivery windows and in some cases customers have doubled their business by transitioning to our packaging oh so many questions are they mostly australian businesses well we operate across australia and new zealand at the moment Um, We have a very um, large operation over in um, New Zealand and that services the whole of the um, NZ market. But we have 350 active 
customers across Australia and New Zealand at the moment. I have to say, if there's one thing that I really underestimated in the entire journey, it's how long it would take for customers to convert. And whilst people love the product and, um, you know, it really resonates with them, you know, there's a little bit of a reluctance to change away from something that they've known for a very long time, particularly in regulated industries like the pharmaceutical industry. So there's a lot of validation, testing, all of those things. And so it means sometimes that the process of acquiring a new customer can take between nine and 12 months. But we work with them to develop a solution that's fit for their purpose. Like we have different grades of wool that deliver different thermal performance. And so we need to understand about their supply chain. And for instance, we worked with the lobster industry, which is an enormous segment. Lobsters in Australia are $10 million exports. Um, And one of the challenges for them is that live lobsters were being shipped in polystyrene, which is plastic, and over the course of the journey, they'd get hot and sweaty, it would promote condensation and everything. By the time they would arrive at their destination in China, they'd lost a lot of weight and they had an unacceptably high Um, rate of mortality. So 10% of the lobsters were dying in transit. And with um, working in in working with the lobster industry, we've now come up with a 100% plastic free solution that essentially uses primarily wool. And we've reduced the mortality rate to less than half a percent. So there's amazing flow on benefits across the country. That's so fantastic to hear. Tell me a little bit about your production. So you're definitely, this packaging is being produced in Australia. Is it being produced in Australia? No, in China. No, it's not, Sky. It's a very sad day. So when I actually started the business four years ago as an Aussie girl, it was my vision, obviously, that I would use Australian wool, uh, support Australian farmers and manufacture here. And um, it was very confronting after doing lots of research to learn that Australia just doesn't have the manufacturing capability because it all went offshore during the 70s and 80s. So even because we're using a product that's considered not a premium wool, I guess, when I approached the, the remaining scourers in the country, nobody really wanted to have anything much to do with me. But And I understand that they're um, scouring the beautiful merino fleece that's going over to Hugo Boss in Italy and the risk of one of my fibres escaping in the scouring process and contaminating their wool, um, the risk was too high. And so what I was told is that I should stockpile the wool for 12 months And at the end of the scouring, before they closed down for the holidays, they would do an annual um, scouring for me. And with big visions, like we set ourselves very audacious goals. The company is just raising our Series A. We're doing some crowdfunding and we're wanting to raise capital to accelerate our impact and our growth. Um, We're headed to Southeast Asia next year. And so to have a situation where I'm reliant upon a scourer once a year, at the moment, we're using more than 20 tonnes of wool each 
week. And, um, you know, so I needed to set up. It was only when I crossed paths with someone very senior in the wool industry that he supported, he really supported our vision and what we were trying to do. And he connected with us and took us and we went to China to set up our supply chain out of China. Um, at the moment, we're spearheading a big campaign called You Beauty, as in E-W-E, You Beauty, and we're looking for signatures and support to lobby the government to wool, bring wool processing back on Australian turf, and that's what we'd love to do. Where do you get your wool from? That's so much wool, 20 tonnes a week. It is a lot of wool. Um, so what we do is these mills, there's a big waste wool market in China. I'm led to believe that it's the only waste wool market in the world. I have been there and it's, it's very funny, I have to say. It's like really. But uh, wool arrives on the back of motorbikes and trailers and three-wheeled trucks. And um, But with these partners, and they work exclusively with us, they are contracted, and um, they acquire, or many times we have a couple of people that are buying wool for us and it's sent there. But in other instances, they buy Australian and Kiwi wool in the market there and they're contracted to incorporate into each production run a percentage of Australian and Kiwi wool. But obviously, now that we've gained so much more traction, we're pushing the government, I believe, so passionately in this. And it's innovation that's going to drive the wool industry into the future. And we've actually just put in for a government grant to establish a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility that will have capable ability to produce our product here in Australia and that's amazing really that's amazing very exciting where would you like that to be based I would like it to be in Geelong simply because we've been working with E.P. Robinson um, who's the wool scourer an iconic Australian business and Geelong as you know is the fibre capital of Australia and sadly with the lack of manufacturing Geelong sort of faded a little bit into oblivion and I think that there's a real opportunity. Um, Cotton On has just established a very big facility down there. There's a lot of research capability, a lot of skilled um, people and um, we're looking to establish it there and really work towards revitalising this as the wool capital for Australia. Joanne, as an outsider coming into the wool industry, how have you found the industry and its people? Look, I think um, that's been, of all the things that I've done in my career, Sky, I really feel like I'm doing my life's best work at the moment. And I've connected with so many genuine people, people who are really passionate. And you can tell, I think, sometimes I come across I'm so passionate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like the atmosphere in our office is electric because it's not like I'm on the journey and I'm dragging everyone behind me. I've got the most incredible team that's driving this innovation. And we've connected with so many wonderful people, really, um, you know, appreciative of what we're doing in the industry to support it. And just people who want to see us succeed and amazing people. So I went to the country a few weeks ago and uh, I was in Yass and I just love 
the fact that it's the simple things, like everybody's passionate about wool and its capability and they want to share the knowledge and revitalise the industry. And, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. I was in Tasmania last week down at AgFest and it really almost made me cry hearing um, sheep farmers' stories about how they'd sent their crossbred wool to the tip or had burned it because there's not a demand for it. Yeah. So I think, you know, the industry is very um, aligned and, yeah, we just want what's best for for sheep farmers. It strengthens rural communities. And, like, we're really proud that by doing what we're doing and using a waste stream, potentially if we do this in Australia, we can increase the yield to sheep farmers and generate more revenue. And isn't that all what it's about? For people that live on the land, I think it's a tough way of life. So if some of us can um, support and generate new forms of revenue, it's good. Absolutely. It's a brilliant way of life, but the revenue is tricky sometimes. It's fluctuating. Yes. Uh, what is your dream? What's what's your big blue sky dream for for this project? Where do you hope it will be in 10 years' time? Well, I say I'm on a mission to eliminate polystyrene and that's really what drives us every single day. Um, we set audacious goals and we have a five-year business plan that looks at expansion into Southeast Asia. So when you look at the Australian and the Kiwi market together, Sky, we are only 1.8% of the global packaging market. It's infinitesimal. Even though there's huge opportunities here, 1.8%. Asia is 46% of the packaging market. And when you look at where the problematic plastics and the pollution is coming from, across the world, it's coming from 10 rivers and eight of those rivers are in Asia. So I really believe that what we do for the next 10 years is going to impact the state of the planet for the next 10,000 years. So my focus in the short term and short term for me is the next five years is to eliminate polystyrene in those Asian countries. They use very cheap, low-density polystyrene that breaks and escapes into the waterways. And if we can do this using Australian wool, it would be remarkable. Um, so for me, I only think five years. Five years is a long time. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, that's the mission. So that's the mission into the future, Sky. So, Joanne, if we're interested, people listening are interested in following your journey, where do we find you? Okay, my business is called Planet Protector Packaging and the product is called Woolpack. So, yeah, you can look online under planetprotectorpackaging.com. And, um, but alternatively, I would be so pleased. Part of the journey that I love the most, Sky, 
is to talk to people. And I would be happy for people to reach out to me directly. My email is joanne at Planet Protector Packaging. And it could be that the people that are listening to you today are people that would like to supply us with wool. They'd like to support our journey. Or it could be potentially people that are looking for sustainable packaging solutions. We can work with them to develop something. So, um, yeah, Joanne at Planet Protector Packaging or planetprotectorpackaging.com. Well, best of luck with it. We'll be following your journey. And thank you for sharing your story, Joanne, on Women Behind Wool. Thank you, Sky. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for listening to the Women Behind Wool podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please help us to spread the love for wool. You can share this episode on your Instagram stories. And if you subscribe to iTunes, a fresh episode will be waiting for you each Monday morning. Our website is womenbehindwool.com.au. Stay warm and rugged up in your wool and we'll be back with you next week.